Hello, everyone. Today is Thursday, December 21st, 2023. And this is the week in charts. I'm sure I want to thank all you guys and girls for attending. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be here, especially with the holidays and all upon us. So what are we talk about? Well, obviously, current market conditions. I have a lot to say about that. It is it is great right now. Waiting on a pullback, but that's okay. That's part of the deal. And one thing I've been thinking about quite a bit is pullbacks are necessary in the market. And if a market never pulled back, although sometimes it's painful, the markets wouldn't exist. Your questions on trading, your favorite stock and crypto picks. When you put your stock pick in or your crypto pick in, put them in one at a time and then hit return. I'm going to do a brief update on TFM 10% system. I know I've been beating that to death, but it's, so I'm going to go through it quickly this week. And uh, some random thoughts. Uh, in the gym, I've been meeting a, a few new people, or, or new people to trading, that is. And I, I want to talk about that. And it's it's funny. I see the same sort of mistakes and things happen. And, and I could talk until I'm blue in the face, but it's like they don't hear me. Um, it's just going to take... Everybody's going to live through all this pain for some reason, and and, and I don't know why. And I, you know, I wish um, I wish you didn't have to, but it just seems like it's it's necessary, and that's going to make a lot of a lot of sense in a few minutes. Crypto is still on fire. It's a great way to get the reps in, so to speak, when it comes to trading. It's and for me right now, it's just a game, and and I'm trading them so well. I'm not bragging. I'm just trading them like I would tell you to trade a market especially when it's in a runaway momentum market like it has been. And it's been fun that I've actually been doing what I say and followed my plan and I haven't gotten too upset. But the problem is these are small accounts and really, really easy to follow along and do what you should. And once the numbers begin to grow, obviously then the stress starts coming in a little bit. You start to mentally monetize things like, oh, I could go buy this or that, that or whatever. But anyway, that'll make a lot more sense in just one minute. Q&A, obviously, any questions, just feel feel free to fire away. Here's all my contact information. If you're watching on YouTube and you want to join me live, davelander.com slash webinar or just stay on YouTube. That's fine. I, I check the screens more often um, on go to webinar. So you'll get a quicker response here. But I am making more and more of a transition to YouTube on that. Anyway, uh, TikTok at trend following moron X T following moron. And David Dave Landry is my email. There's a disclaimer screen. As you know, you can lose money trading or, as I often sum it up, all predictions about the future. And a lot of stuff can happen between now and then. All right, let's talk about the methodology in action. No mystery charts this week because we have two long positions that have been on for a long, long time. And not a whole lot to report there. So far, so good. Knock on wood. So as I often say, my technical analysis is, there's no mumbo jumbo really. It's performance based. If things are doing well, then I wanna be buying them. And if things aren't doing well, I wanna be shorting or I might wanna be out of the market depending on the condition. And I developed a simple little system, simple little trend following system. And I intended it to be kind of a longer term type of system, but it actually in some cases, can give you a signal fairly quickly to get you out of the way. And that's kind of a cool thing that the, the way it worked, it worked out really nicely and got you out right when the market started taking the pandemic really seriously. 
and that was uh, kind of a cool thing. It can be a little slow to get you back in, uh, especially if the market spikes down and comes right back up. But if the market has like a gradual bottoming process and goes down for a long, long time, it'll keep you out of trouble for a long, long, long time. By the way, market timing works when the market has the occasional big down move or diaper change move as I uh, diaper change moment, so to speak, that I, I took that borrowed that phrase from Ian McActivity. I'm sure he doesn't mind me using it. He's looking down upon us laughing, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, there's the rules. I'm not going to beat the dead horse on them because we talked about this so many times and so often. But basically, you want to sell when you're 10% away from the 50-week closing high and below the 50-week moving average. So sell signals aren't as stringent as the buy signals because they slide faster than they glide. And please, no pilots explain to me that a glide actually goes down. It's a glide over uh, a thermal. How's that? <laughs> anyway, the buy signals, again, a little more stringent because usually you have time to get in a market. You don't have time to get out of a market. And I'll give you a, a great for instance, because this last sell signal we had uh, three or four weeks ago, oh, shoot, seven or eight weeks ago. Wow, time flies. Anyway, someone asked me, hey, Dave, should I wait till next week to see what happens? And I said, no, there's a danger in that on a sell signal because you never know what's going to happen next. Now, chances are likely it's not going to crash the following Monday, but it could. And that's what happened, I believe, the day before the crash in 1987. We got a sell signal on this. And it's human nature to say, oh, we got a sell signal. Uh, let's just see what happens. And that's that'll get you in, into a lot of trouble in the market sooner or later at least anyway you need two bars of landry light that means the lows are greater than the moving average pretty simple stuff there and then you buy on the close so the last buy signal was there people ask me do i follow some longer term trend following stuff like this well first of all i get into positions when i get into position i want to be in a position for 10 years hopefully longer and i'm slotted as a swing trader but i will through trailing stops, stay with positions as long as possible. I have some crypto that I put on several weeks back, which in crypto is an eternity. And I'll walk you through all the open positions in just one second. But I do put, my daughters have a little bit of leftover college funds. My dad kind of saved for them. And we had some money and, and thank goodness that my dad was, uh, you know, helped us out a little bit by saving when they were born. And uh, anyway, that that allowed us to have some leftover money, in case you're wondering how you have any money left over in this day and age. And uh, I don't think the girls wa know about it or know how much they have. So hopefully they're not watching and they don't watch. But anyway, I do follow a bit of a kind of a longer term trend following system, the TFN system to be more specific. And I do take them in and out of the market. And I took them out last time we had a sell signal. And I put them right back in. And, and that doesn't bother me because I know it's he who fights and runs away lives to fight another day. And yeah, they're young enough to where they could survive at least 30 years to where they could, that the money could really pay off. Okay. However, there's no guarantee that the market will always go up over a 30 year period. I see people talk about, oh, it's 30 year period. The market has never gone down. Well, it could go down. Okay. And then more importantly, in between those 30 years of going up, it'll lose half its value, maybe two or three times. And the, the goal is to avoid losing half of your money every now and then. And it seems to me that it happens a lot more frequently 
than it used to. I've been through several bear markets over the last, geez, I guess I am closing around 30 years. And it's, they seem to happen fairly frequently. But anyway, so buy signal back in the market, perfectly fine with me. As Greg Morris says, and I preach every weekend, every week, week in and week out, I think is what I'm trying to say. Whipsaws are frustrating, bear markets are devastating. You can survive frustration. So anyway, this is the chart again. And just real quick, the zones are 5%, less than 5% away from the 50-week moving average, and then more than 5% away, and then more than 10% away. And as Jeff pointed out, I don't know if Jeff's here tonight, but Jeff pointed out a few weeks back or a few months back now that the market seems to get in a lot of trouble once you're in that 5% zone and you might want to think about getting out. I, I did, as I said before, I looked at it briefly and it looks like you get a lot of whipsaw, but I do think it has merit thinking about getting out of the way. You certainly want to be prepared once you get into this 5% zone that I have here. And once it's 10%, then you really need to think about getting out, especially if it closes below the 50 simple moving average. Now, here's the good news getting along the lines or along the lines of performance-based technical analysis is that we closed at a new 50-week closing high today. So that's a that's a good thing. That green zone is is moving up, and that's pretty cool. Now, uh, answering the question once again about my longer-term trading, again, we've gotten in, I think we've gotten the positions last July. Some uh, we have two longs, KNF and LFMD. We can pull them up the live charts if you want. And I forget exactly when I got in them, but it was several months ago. And we've had winners and losers since. But those two have been turned into longer-term trades. Now, as far as following a longer-term system, I've developed literally thousands of mechanical systems early in my career, and I thought that I would. I had a degree in computer science, I might as well use it. So I started developing all of these systems i'd get up early and then i'd stay up late working on these things and I had all these ideas and you know came in the house once spouting out the statistics to my wife once again she's like how many systems do you really need i'm like okay you know maybe just one um but anyway a lot of that was encouraged when i met up with larry connors and i started programming some of his stuff and, and, and programming my stuff at the same time and then using some tweaks to help uh, make his stuff work better. But anyway, all the mechanical testing made me realize I didn't want to be a mechanical trader. But the what I learned was very, very, very useful in the process. I've learned a ton of the process. So nothing wrong with mechanical trading. Um, hard to follow mechanical systems sometime and, and not use a little discretion. But so far, so good on this trade. I did buy, uh, it was only 100 shares, which wasn't that substantial at the time, but now that I have almost 90 points of open profit, it's starting to become substantial. And you can see that the current sell is 50 something, 60 points away. So that's 65 or 70 points away, right? So that's the problem with longer term trend following. It can be very painful when you hit those drawdowns, but it's the best way to make a whole lot of money if you catch a big long-term trend. And I hate to use the word hope, but hopefully I'll be in this position 10 years from now and I'll still be around and we'll be talking about it. 
But anyway, you can see it's got a long ways to go to the sell. So I'm going to try to hang on on a mechanical basis. Um, I, yeah, I think once I hit 100 points in this, it's going to be hard not to take off half the profits because that's what I do. I take off half profits. I move the stop to break even. I'll walk you through some crypto in a second. But anyway, that, that sell signal is a long ways down. Now, as I said earlier, I've met a couple of guys in the gym that are interested in trading. And uh, I, would, I, um, I usually don't talk about trading when I'm out in public or anything. So people don't know. People are like, what the hell does he do? <laughs> but uh, I have a tattoo on my arm that has uptrend, downtrend, and sideways with big arrows to uh, remind me to not fight the trend, which sometimes I'm guilty of. So I had to put it in writing. So I always have it with me. And a young guy noticed that he goes, I like your tattoo. And then next thing we start talking about trading. And and then there's a gentleman, uh, I think he's a little younger than me, but he is an older gentleman, um, but he's younger than me. <laughs> and uh, he's interested in trading too. And I've been helping him out here and there. And they're both trading E-minis. And I keep trying to tell them that E-minis are the absolute worst market to attempt to trade. It's a very efficient market. You're fighting with institutions, you're fighting with a bunch of one-lotters, just a, all kinds of hedgers and all kinds of people that just come into this market like, and it's it's very news-driven at times. And it looks, it looks really easy, like, oh, you just buy here and sell here, and it just goes, tends to go up, at least in more recent times. But it's a lot more difficult than it looks, and it's a lot more choppy than it looks, and being leveraged and all, you can get into a lot of trouble really quick. So I think it's the absolute worst market to trade. That the second market would be Forex, <laughs> which can trend nicely at times, but it's also very, very efficient. Central banks and all kinds of governments and all these other people just come in and you know dump on you, whatever. So that's another efficient market. And ironically, one of one of the guys was also trading Forex. And I'm like, second worst market you could ever attempt to trade. And these young guys, I think it's vitally important. It's it's kind of like, re, I'm reliving a lot of things that I went through when I was much younger trading. And it's kind of given me new life and new thinking about content and all. And they really need to learn about efficiency or more accurately, inefficiency, because you want to get into an inefficient market like the IPO we're in, KNF. And we're looking at an IPO for tomorrow uh, for my premium clients, not to tease you on that, but uh, we have one that we're looking at. And these markets could be very inefficient, meaning they can go up substantially in crypto, maybe 100% overnight in some cases, but IPOs could, could go up just straight up sometimes. And it's the promise of the future. When I did my IPO course, I'm like, what am I going to call this? I was like, you know what? The promise of the future makes a lot of sense. And you're trading off of that promise. And people are rushing into these shit coins or altcoins, whatever you want to call them. They're shit coins, right? And uh, S-H-Y-T is how I've seen it spelled more often than not. But anyway, they're rushing into them thinking that they're going to be the next this big thing. And that's that's not why you want to do that. You want to buy them because they're going up. And so I would suggest you learn a lot about efficiency. I think I talked about it a few weeks back, and I have plenty of articles on my website. If you go to my website and search efficiency, you should find quite a bit or inefficiency. Um, just little things like uh, one guy I was talking to, he's like, uh, he goes, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm uh, I'm off of school, so 
I'm either going to go duck hunting tomorrow or I'm going to trade. And I was, and I told him, go duck hunting, okay? Because he's trading E-minis. And tomorrow is the last day before Christmas, okay? There's no trading for the next three or four days. And everybody's going to be looking to get out of town. Market's going to be choppy, going to be thin. Absolute worst time to be thinking about putting on day trades. So I told him to go duck hunting. We'll see what happens with that. So trade when you should be trading. Now when you have time to trade. And this kind of got me thinking about 20 things that I wish I knew 20-something years ago. And I just scribbled those down this morning. And this is something that I'm going to flesh out over time. Number one, and I'm not going to go through them in a lot of details, but over the next several weeks. By the way, no show next week because we'll take a break in between the holidays. And then we'll start up uh, next year. But markets go up and markets go down. I tell people this, and, and they look at me like I pooed my pants. But as soon as they put a position on, they justify why their position shouldn't be going down. Nobody knows exactly what a market will do. Uh, a third guy from the gym, he wants to get into trading, and he was telling me about his friend that's just talking about some crypto and how it's going to be so much higher in March and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But that's not the way to trade because nobody knows exactly what to do. If you do exactly what the market would do, obviously you should sell everything and put all your money into the market. And I've been around some very smart people. I have a friend that used to run $5 billion. I've known many other people that are, that are running hundreds of millions of dollars. And I would think out of that bunch of people, if somebody had, if there was a holy grail or whatever, they would have found it by now. Um, markets are emotional. They're based on the buying and selling of people. And a lot of that buying and selling has nothing to do with the underlying conditions. You're emotional. You can't make any decisions without emotions. And again, I'm going to flesh all this out in a lot of detail. And I know I've kind of beat a dead horse a lot of these things in the past, but I'm going to kind of regurgitate, reiterate over the next few weeks. Logic doesn't often apply. This is a hard one. Um, they're going up now, but a few weeks ago or a few months ago, when everything was heating up in the Middle East, I guess around October, was it October 6th or 13th? I forget what date it was, where everything started coming unglued. My uncle-in-law called me up and he's uh, he wanted to buy defense stocks. And I told him, don't buy them until they start going up because they were going down and, and tried to explain how markets work with logic and all, uh, without logic, I should say. Uh, fundamentals make a lot of sense, just not in the markets. Fundamentals suggest what a market should be doing, and price is what a market is doing. So technicals are what a market is doing, fundamentals are what a market should do, and fundamentals can get you into a lot of trouble. And I'll flesh that out quite a bit. Uh, the only way to profit from a trade is to catch a trend. So why not be a trend trader all the all the time? You have to obviously sell higher than you buy. I'm not saying you're trying to buy low and sell high, which is a is a great way to to go broke. If a market is low, it's low for a reason. Something's probably wrong. Money management obviously is crucial. Crucial. I think everybody here tonight knows that. If you lose 50% of your money, you have to make back 100% just to get back to break even. You really have to be a good loser to trade. You have to be willing to to lose and lose and lose and not 
lose any enthusiasm as Mr. Churchill would say, but at the same time, you have to recognize if you're becoming the definition of insanity by creating all those losses. And again, I'm just gonna skim through this real quick. Uh, themes make a lot of sense, okay? But rarely do they pay out. I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, a theme does not work. And the way you find themes, so to speak, is you let the themes find you. And I'll give you a, a case in point. I was kind of thinking of another one earlier too. During the pandemic, Academy Sports came public and I had an initial buy signal, a buy at B, which is a pioneer setup. And it's like, eh, brick and mortar retailer. I don't know about that. I, I think I'm going to pass. But technicals are technicals. And on the first pullback in an IPO, because that becomes more of my core methodology, something that I, I'm that's near and dear to me, something that I follow, something that I sometimes have to close my eyes and buy in a situation like that. And it was kind of painful to buy a brick and mortar retailer. And it turned into one of our biggest positions. Well, it turned out that people got sick of sitting around at home. So they started buying kayaks and sporting gears and they gear or whatever, and they got out of the house. Um, I don't know if anybody saw that theme. If you did, congratulations. And if you're a theme player, that's great. But I'd be willing to bet that 99 out of 100 of your themes don't pan out. And I, th I think you can get into a lot of trouble with that. And then it's kind of like the anti-theme thing. It's like we had a coal company a while back. And that wasn't, I knew it was an energy company. I wasn't sure that it was a coal company, at least not initially. And that turned into like a 500% winner. And I think at the time, it's like the big push was for electric vehicles. Well, I guess you had to burn coal to run an electric vehicle. I think that's how that works burn coal to make the power to run the car but anyway um you know you hurt your head to connect all those dots but coal you would think would be the energy of the past and then turned out to be a 500 percent winner and that's where technicals come in and i guess the theme there was you still need a lot of power and all these electric cars are for requiring more power i don't know i mean i don't know if that's what exactly would happen and you know what i don't care i just care about making money um Value trading is a farce. If something is good value, it's because the price is, is low based on its value. And there's a reason why the price is low. And you might say, well, what about Warren Buffett? It's like, okay, well, first of all, I don't really think he's that little simple value player that he was 30 or 40 years ago or 50 years ago, whenever he started. From what I've seen and I've known people in the industry, know a guy who knows a guy, they're doing, he does a lot of complex derivative type of things and all kinds of crazy stuff. And his fund occasionally loses half of its value. If he was a hedge fund, he would have blown up several times by now. Not to pick on Mr. Buffett because obviously he's done really well for himself over the years. But as a trader, we, we don't have that luxury to sit around for years and years and years and, and hope that these things pan out. You're much better off. You know, sometimes value becomes momentum, and momentum becomes value. Okay. And what I mean by that is sometimes your momentum stocks are momentum stocks, right? Your growth stocks is, is probably what I need to say. So let me rewind that. Growth becomes value and value becomes growth. So sometimes, like a coal stock, that becomes like a like a, a that's a value stock that turns into a momentum type of stock. Okay. And uh uh, his name escapes me at the second, but I saw a really good presentation. He works for NASDAQ. And he basically said, if you never want to make any money 
you want to buy a growth fund and then buy a value fund because one will go down while the other one's going up. So not to back too far into that, but the point I'm trying to make or trying to get to is if you are going to trade value, then make sure it's going to be priced based. Okay. Don't buy some company just because you like some fundamentals or whatever, buy it because it's going up. And some people say, well, what about a fundamental, you know, what about a hybrid system? Well, it was a hybrid system out there in 1999 and they were getting, they were getting creamed because all the growth stocks were going straight up and they actually changed their model to fit the markets, which is the absolute worst thing you could ever do. But I don't want to digress into that as a two beer, two drink minimum of that. You want to seek excellence and nothing else in your MMA fighters, your fantasy football players, your employees, and your stocks. A friend of mine's son, he was talking about buying a stock because it was cheap and stock was in a downtrend. And I said, uh, what did I ask? So I said, oh, you play, you uh, do fantasy football. I was like, no. I was like, well, what do you do? And he's like, well, I bet on MMA fighters. I said, so you, you bet on the weakest fighter out there the most lame weakest fighter it's like no i better the strong fighters i was like okay well take that thinking into your your stock trading and along the same line you've got four employees i'm, I'm giving you the whole speech <laughs> i said i was just going to touch upon it but let's say you've got four employees and three of them are busting their ass and one of them sitting on his ass which one's getting fired well that's kind of a no-brainer right you don't sit around and say well tomorrow he's gonna start working so i'm gonna keep him and Joe over here has really been been busted his ass. So I'm going to fire him because he's due to stop working at any moment. No, but that's exactly what people do in the stock market. It's kind of funny. My daughter uh, was asked to, to to be in a fantasy football league. It's kind of like a team building thing right before she started a new job. And uh, she was aggravated because she couldn't kick players out of the game once the game started. And uh, it kind of warmed my heart a little bit. She could give two shits about trading. Both my daughters could give two shits about trading. But it warmed my heart because I was thinking that if she ever did find an interest in trading, she would probably be a really good trader. The fact that she wanted to kick players out of the game and put in better players. The battles within, I, I beat the dead horse quite a bit on, on psychology. And it, it just is. And I don't want to open up that can of worms right now. But psychology obviously is key and i told the, the the younger guy in the gym today that i've never met an unsuccessful paper trader because he's always telling me how well he does and then and then he tells me he's got, he's got his ass headed to him well he does great when he's paper trading and then he gets his ass headed to him so he's learning quickly about psychology statistics are worthless 72.3 percent of all people know this that might be that might be from bart simpson i'm not sure where that comes from Exactly, but I think it's Bart Simpson. Uh, the point is that there's no people saying I have this edge or whatever. No, you don't. You you might have an edge, but you can't define that edge. And casinos have an edge. They have maybe a half a percent edge on on some of the big games and much bigger on on slot machines and stuff. But their edge is defined within statistics. So it's a multi-trillion dollar business because they know for every dollar spent in a casino or gamble, they're going to get uh, a kickback on that over time, not every day, not all day, but over time, they will. You can't define anything with statistics when it comes to the markets. And you think about all the players, there's no way you could. You think about the reason people buy and sell stocks, like Mary McClellan once said, 
some people buy stocks, paraphrasing, when they have money, other people sell stocks when they need money, and others use more sophisticated methods. And she basically said everybody uses timing in their investment. So there's no way in the world you know what all these players are going to do. But through the charts, you can plainly see what they have done. And there's no guarantee that's going to continue in the past, in the future, because new players are coming in. But you kind of get the idea. It's like, okay, well, obviously there's demand for this market because, because it's going up. I got my little TKO, a little trend knockout pattern. So we know some players likely got knocked out. Some shorts likely got sucked in. So it's like, okay, let's play on the psychology of this. Let's take advantage of the predicament of these people. I know it sounds harsh, but that's what we do. And you have to wrap your head around that and be okay to do that. Seek simplicity over complexity. I don't think I have any cocktail napkins handy. But as I've shown before, I've got a cocktail napkin that pretty much has my entire system on it. And uh, if you see me in person, I'll, I'll bring some with me and hand them out. And, you know, just a real quick there, and again, I'm giving the whole damn speech. But, <laughs> but you know, I've seen these presentations where people have all these indicators, like 100 different indicators on the chart, and they're showing you the system and everything. And usually there's a moving average in there. And if you just look at the Landry light with the moving average, not that I'm the grand pool buy or anything, but it would have kept you long just you know, buying above the moving average would have kept you long that entire trend or whatever they showed, or they were in and out a hundred times and the moving average from here to here, you would capture this huge move. So definitely seek simplicity. Uh, Mark Douglas talks a lot about this and I've talked about it before too, maybe inspired by him. I don't know exactly, but I reread recently and uh, trading in the zone. He talks about this quite a bit that a market can actually make you feel a certain way. And one example that I've given a thousand times was the bear market in cocoa a few years back. I guess it's about 10 years ago now. It was a horrible bear market. And whenever I speak in person, I ask people, you know, raise your hand if if this bear market in cocoa stress you out. And so far, nobody's raised their hand. I'm sure I'll meet a cocoa pl a cocoa player one day that will um, tell me how bad it was if he wasn't short. But that tells you right there, market can't do anything to you because cocoa didn't stress you out. It didn't stress me out. I didn't even know it was a bear market until I was putting together a presentation a while back. So it's kind of hard to wrap your head around that when you're dropping F-bombs and everything else. <laughs> uh, documentation, key to success. Like I say, ad nauseum, I wake up every morning and write three handwritten pages. And then I start my other writing, which this came from this morning. And in the process, I was like, okay, well, I was trading kind of shitty yesterday. I chased the market. Um, you know, whatever, I'll talk about what I did wrong. And, and it really makes you realize by writing those three pages every day, whether or not you're becoming the definition of insanity or not. And you just come up with ideas and all to get your brain warmed up. I can't say enough good about that. And that's the first thing I tell anyone who wants to really get better in life or in trading is to, is just to start documenting everything. And of course, document your trades, how you're feeling, why you made the trade, was it an FEA trade, was it an S&G trade, or what are you doing? And that's going to help out a lot. Uh, you can go broke, take it a profit. I'll probably consolidate some of these and add a few more, but that's exactly how a lot of people do go broke. You know, they hang on the winners, and then they sell, I'm sorry, they hang on the losers, and then they sell a winner. Uh, one thing I was kind of looking at wrapping my head around tonight is I'm not showing you a lot of losers in crypto because I'm constantly rolling right now and then i've got 12 or 13 uh free rolls on right now but that that was developed over several weeks 
of hitting losing trades and sticking with winners and putting together my my MMA fighters or fantasy football or employees, however you want to look at it. If you're struggling good, if if you're making a lot of money, I had that one one guy new to trading uh, made 40% in crypto his first month out. He wanted to know if that's what he could expect. And I forget exact the exact math, but the uh, path to 100 million at 40% a month is only a few years and a billion is shortly thereafter. Um, I love you guys and girls, but if I could make 40% a month, you might not see my fat ass, at least after, maybe once I get to a billion, you know, maybe I'd, I'd go away. But if you're struggling good, it's just, just the opposite. It's like, if you do well starting out, you kind of chase that high and there's a whole psychology and neurology involved in that. But if you are struggling, that's good. As long as you're working to get better, as long as you're documenting, as long as you're not making the same mistake too many times, a mistake, what's that? A mistake uh, repeated twice is a, is a choice, you know? So you got to be careful for that. And average intelligence is far more than enough. enough. And Eckert has some really good quotes on that. All right, any thoughts on those things? Uh, we'll, like I said, I'm going to flesh them out in a lot more detail the upcoming weeks. I just want to kind of get those thoughts out there and, and, and get, the, get the ball rolling. Um, as I've been saying quite a bit, old guys rule when it comes to crypto. And I didn't mean to sound like you have to have tons and tons of experience. I think it's a good market for new guys, too, who are willing to trade in a conceptually correct manner, who are willing to trade with the trend who are willing to use proper money management, take those partial profits, trail that stop, and GTFO, especially now when something's not working because the bus is coming along, a new bus is coming along every five minutes, lately in crypto for the most part. So speaking of which, just real quick, last week, and it was kind of interesting, I, it, it's like a moving target. I updated it again right before I got started. I did this this morning, and then I ended up doing it again this week. So. On the left, and I'll show you the live portfolio. It's a little bit different from the one on the right, but this was last week's portfolio. Greens are free rolls, okay? And reds are positions that haven't hit the IPT just yet. And I thought it would be kind of cool to just kind of update what's happened since last week and this week. And so how many is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So eight carried over since last week. One was down 11%, 29%, 5%, minus 3%, 18%, minus 20%, 5%, and 0.88%. And although there's some losses in here, some of these losses, they, they looked uglier earlier today. These numbers just moved tremendously. This is how fast the market can move. And keep in mind, these are all free rolls. So if I get stopped out, it's either going to be a scratch or a profit. So we'll take a look at these. We'll go ahead and jump into the live charts. John says, my documenting is like my flossing. I need to do it more often. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the morning pages, I'll tell you this. When you first start doing them, it is one of the hardest things you will ever do. It sounds easy, right? Just write three pages every morning. It is just downright hard to do. And you might even hate them. And believe it or not, I actually, when I'm laying in bed, if I if I wake up early or before the alarm goes off, I should say, my alarm's at 4.55 right now. And um, if I wake up sometimes at four, just sitting there laying there, 
I'll eventually get up long before that alarm goes off because I'm looking forward to to writing. And believe me, when I first started doing it, I didn't want to go. I mean, I didn't want to write. I didn't want to write. It just I just want to do it as a pain in the butt. But you just write anything, and it doesn't matter. And like I've said before, you know, the dog farts. You know, write it down. I I read some. You know, I think I shouldn't say this. <laughs> I think. I think I'd let one go right around the same time as a dog. And I'm like, holy moly, <laughs> it was pretty bad. And that, that went to the notes, you know? Um, and I was hoping it was her more than me. Anyway, just write anything and don't worry about it. And then here's what happens. You just write all this crap. Oh, I didn't sleep well or whatever. I'm PO'd at certain persons or whatever, or they're PO'd at me or I did something stupid or whatever, or, you know, yesterday's trading or whatever. And just all these random thoughts come out, and that's all spinning around in your head. That's your monkey mind. It's gonna it's gonna quench that monkey mind if that's the right word, because you'll have that as you think about all those thoughts again during the middle of the day. It's like, oh, I already wrote that down. But then the magic will happen about a page and a half in or two pages in. That's when you start having little epiphanies and and little things that oh, I need to do this is very important or whatever. And trust me, it, it'll change your life, but you have to grind it out for about six weeks. And you're not writing War and Peace. It, it doesn't have to be eloquent. Uh, just just get the thought out there. If you got some good thoughts, you can flesh them out later or whatever. And, you know, some days I'm like, ah, eh, just kind of wasted my time in three days, about three pages about, you know, the coffee's good, the dog farted. But other days I get something useful out of it. So. Anyway, uh, here's the current crypto portfolio. Uh, the ones in red, I am long, and they haven't hit the IPT. And some of these I just got in. What happened was with this 12 or so of these free rolls, these ones that are in green, I ran out of slots, so to speak, in, in my crypto accounts. So what will happen is, let's say like this one hits the IPT, well, that, that frees up at least a half a slot if a couple of them hit the IPT. But then you buy other ones and they start hitting the IPT and all before you know it, you begin to digitally run out of money. But anyway, so this one I just bought a little while ago just because it was going straight up. I saw it earlier today and wanted to buy it, but I didn't have any cash at the moment. Uh, this one I also bought. It's it's not really performing just yet. So something like this is really not taking off. I'll give it a little time, but uh, I'm a little impatient with it. Now, keep in mind, all I'm doing is I'm sorting these pairs again, as I say each week, by relative strength. Now, the the rollover just happened, so it won't be as meaningful. These numbers will be a little bit smaller. But basically, you're just looking to buy the strongest pairs. And I like to buy them when they're on the top of the candle hitting brand new highs. Now, in some cases, when they're pulling back, like here's one that I'm already long this one. You can see I bought it right here. The red is my entry. The green is my initial profit target. And you can see I bought it as it was breaking out. This was one of the strongest pairs back way back here, okay? Now, you can't always trade like this, but when you come in and some of these are up 100%, 20%, 30%, 40%, or whatever, and Bitcoin is doing really well, then that's the time you might want to play or think about playing this relative strength game. Now, one, one downside is because you're rotating through all these, you will come back to some like this one I must have stopped out on, okay? But notice that it, it would have hit the IPT had I hung with it, okay? So it doesn't always 
work out perfectly, obviously, but you have to realize, like for instance, this VETS, I forget what I flipped. Oh, I flipped out of STX. So I flipped out of STX, which let me see if I can just punch that up. STX. Uh, let's see. Well, this will work. Uh, okay, so I flipped out of STX, and it's not going to show up. But I forget where I was. Like I got in like right here, and then it came back in. And at the time, I saw something else take off. Had I stayed with this one, I would have gotten the IPT. But the something else was VET look better at the time and so i flipped it out and i got it to vet and vet has hit the the ipt so you can't you can't kiss all the women trading like this but you can kiss enough of them okay and, and if you get 12 or 13 that hit the ipt you're free rolling on them your life is pretty good so here's a new era one in this case i'm just playing the pullback and i think i, I mentioned this one on facebook when i got in got in right around here and so far it hasn't set the world on fire and i'm just using a 20 percent profit target that's all i'm doing and it's it's that easy i i know I, I should never say trading is easy but right now crypto's on fire it's that easy stocks are on fire too we're waiting for the pullback we finally got it set up for tomorrow as soon as we get a little bit more pullback or or rolling correction then we'll get more and more and more setups which is you plot them really soon so here's the free rows you can see way back here 26 to 31 out half if i get stopped out on this it'll be at a profit which is a good thing knock on wood this one you can see got it like right here hit the ipt now once it hits the ipt technically your stop should be at break even what i have been doing is letting them retrace a little bit and then if they begin to find their low, I'll put in a hard stop. So I'm being a little bit more lenient on that, but you gotta be careful. You can get a little pregnant, I realize that. Here's the ADA, you can see right here, was breaking out to this brand new highs. By the way, look at the Landry light on this, okay? Remember what I was saying earlier? Like somebody would have like 100 buys and sells with their little system on the screen, you know, on the slides, and you're like, okay, well, what if you just bought when you had some Landry light way down here at 25 cents, and now it's at 65 cents, 300% higher or 250% higher, whatever the case may be. So again, you know, keep it simple. So here's one, I bought it because, because it was going straight up. It, now it's a pullback and might be worth playing. You try to, once you get in them and get that IPT, you wanna to try to survive that first correction and then see how long you can stay with them, make it a game. There's that vet, you know, bought it as it's making some new highs. Hit the IPT. This one, I think I've been in this one forever, and I forget exactly where I got in, but I think, don't quote me on this, but if you go in and look at the week of charts, go back a few weeks at the week of charts, I think I got in right around here, and this one's up about 400%. So this is a great example of where the money is. You want to keep jockeying for position. You want to keep changing out your fantasy football players because you can change them out as much as you want, right? There's no limit to that until you finally get the team you want. Finally, you get the dream team. So 40% winner, that's that's on the dream team. This one's looking pretty good. Entry was here, IPT was there. And to those of you at Facebook, I'm gonna start mentioning these more and more, and y'all let me know if it's too much or if, if you're, you're enjoying it or whatever. And I'll be happy to to fully disclose everything I'm doing if that's, uh, if that's what you guys want. Now here's one technically I should have stopped out of. I, I, I did get a little lenient. It was kind of finding its low in here. 
but you see I have a hard stop at 50 cents. So this is what I was in before. I was in from back here. And just for S and G's, I said, okay, well, when it hits 100%, I want to peel off 100 bucks on a limit order, and I'm going to put that in Bitcoin. And I've been peeling off little nickels and dimes here, as I've been saying, kind of mining them, so to speak, through trading these shit coins. So it's, it's my shit coin to Bitcoin plan. And right now, Bitcoin is not huge from this uh, experiment. I think it's about twelve or $1,300 so far. And that's just little nickel and dime, $25 a pop profits, and, and occasionally $100 profit when it hits 100%. Because these things will spike and it'll come right back in. So I'm putting in limit orders to just take some little crumbs off, which I think is uh, which I think is cool, but I'm a nerd. But anyway, it's 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 so far so good. Knock on wood, it's working. Here's another one, dot. And this one rallied up, came back in, and then finally took off. So this is pretty cool. Here's another one that was, I used a little discretion. I think it hit the IPT here. It came back in and it was at, at a loss at a second low. But I said, well, it looks like it's fine and it's low. And so I have a hard stop in on this one. That's why you have this orange here. It means I have a hard stop in place or the remainder. And again, I'm using a little discretion. If you're newer to trading, if you hit that IPT, then by all means, put in a hard stop at your entry on the remainder. That way, barring a gap or something, you'll get stopped out at a scratch on the remainder and make money overall. Ethereum's looking pretty good. It's pulled back to the 30 EMA. I would consider that a buy. So if you were trading this, let's say 22.92, and maybe stop out at about 20.50, and I think that could be a pretty good trade. So somebody, um, let me mark that down. What did I say? 22. Let's say 22, let's just put one there. That would be your entry. And if you triggered on that, I forget what I just said, but somewhere down here, let's say 2050, let's be a little liberal liberal on that. So you guys hold me to this uh, in upcoming weeks. Let's see if that triggers. Let's see if the stop looks like, and then we'll uh, I'll follow up on it. Bitcoin looking pretty good, right at the cusp of making some new highs in here. Look at the Landry light. That's huge. That's pretty impressive. It's it's gone days and days and days. In fact, let's just do something real quick. We're gonna go ahead and jump into stocks, unless you guys want to talk about any of the altcoins. I gotta used to say that because I do presentations for stock charts, and when I look over at David Keller, <laughs> he starts squirming because he's he's ready for me to say shit coins. Uh, let's take a look at B BTC USD real quick. So this is really cool. This is uh, an indicator I had programmed. Uh, this is my plugin in ACP, which is completely free, by the way. I can't help you with ACP, but for now, I'm giving the plug, plug it away. I'm not going to give it away forever. So if you're watching this, download it for free. Take advantage of that. But here's what's amazing. We had 67 days of Landry Light with the 30 EMA. So it almost touched right here. Which would have reset this down to zero. This is just this just counts the number of bars. It's above the moving average. And, and here's something cool. Now I know this would work because it, it it's it's going straight up. But what you might want to do is say, okay, if a market has about 10 bars or so of upside Landry light, maybe I want to look to get long that market. And so you had 10 bars here, but then you can see it, it rolled back over and then went down to zero. So there's nothing to do. And then maybe after you have you know, once again, to the upside, 10 bars to the upside, or you could do something like the 230 EMA system, which you buy 
at you buy above a two bar high after you have two lows above the moving average all right let's shift gears to stocks real quick and if you guys want to talk about some individual stocks i know we talk about stocks quite often at facebook all right let's go to s p 500 a nice little bounce back today yesterday even though yesterday seemed ugly if you're watching the screen you watch futures implode 50 bucks i was actually outside working on a project for christmas and when I came back in, they dropped 50 bucks. It's like you, you you look at a stupid screen all day long, nothing happens. And, you know, shame on me because normally what I do is I put in alerts above the high and low on the P's for the day. So it lets me know if something's happening. But anyway, nice little bounce back today. But even, even yesterday's move, we could use actually use a lot more correction in this market. I don't want it to correct, but I, I wouldn't mind it uh, because that would shake out some nervous nellies and it would clear the way for the market to go higher again it's important for market to thrust pullback thrust pullback rinse and repeat that's the composite bouncing back nicely in here just off of multi-year highs the p is almost at all-time highs by the way obviously uptrend there I need to get my big blue arrows drawn let's take a look at the rusty rusty yeah not a bad day there up uh, about one three quarters percent it's been in a tear as of late. It's got its work cut out for it because it's got a lot of overhead supply. Energy's not so hot. I guess they're hanging in there, but really, really choppy. Still look like a top is in place here. But as long as they can hang around these levels that aren't that far away from all-time highs or maybe a little higher, then maybe give them the benefit of the doubt. I wouldn't rush out and buy energies, but by benefit of the doubt, it's like I wouldn't. I don't think I would short them at this juncture with the market itself going straight up and energies might eventually kick it into gear. And, you know, this might be a good example of the value becoming momentum. You know, energies aren't really considered a momentum stock, but notice that they bottomed out here and took off for a while. What else is happening? Metals and mining doing well. The dollar has been weak. Let's take a look at the euro. My dollar chart's messed up, but the, the euro you can see is right here at these brand new multi-month highs. And a weak dollar is good for commodities. It's good for stocks, usually. I guess not too weak, but in general, a weak dollar is good for the markets because it takes more money to buy the markets. I know it's kind of a catch-22. Your dollar's worth less, but your stock's worth more. You know, <laughs> Financials doing good, doing well, I should say. Uh, not too far away from these all-time highs. In here, biotechnology doing pretty good. Biotechnology just kind of left for dead, and then it started going straight up. So that's cool. There's quite a few of these in here. I'm not going to bore you to go through all of them. I know too late. Uh, but defense just made all-time highs. Uh, my wife's uncle called me somewhere around here while I was imploding, and I said, wait for it to go up, and then buy it. And um, what's the defense? Anybody know the defense X something? I forget which one it was. But I'll have to look at the parameters I gave him. Manufacturing right at all-time highs, just a little smidge below. So that's looking pretty good. So the list goes on and on as you have time, go through all these, but semiconductors right off of all-time highs. And just the last thought about the market here. I'm a big fan of having the semis confirm what the overall market is doing. So I'm pretty excited that the semis are making new highs in here. 
I think the market's doing fantastic, at least for now. Check back often when it starts to underperform, then I get out the way. That's that's I'm a trend following moron. That's what I do. But right now things are doing really well, and crypto is still on fire. So I think now's a great opportunity for us to make a lot of money. We just got to be prudent. We got to continue to follow the trend. We're gonna have to use stops and. If the market starts chopping around a little bit, we might have to sit our hands a little bit. And we've kind of been sitting on our hands a lot, waiting for this trend. The trend's finally here. Now we're waiting for pullbacks. And other than like the TFM system, TFM 10% system kicking in and taking a little ETF position, we've been mostly waiting for that pullback. And the market just hasn't hasn't been accommodating to the pullback player. But I think it will over time. And the methodology has always worked over time, but it doesn't work all the time, obviously. Anyway, I think that's enough of that. Any questions, any individual stock picks you guys want me to take a look at? I'll take a look at um, YouTube while we wait. Okay, we're good over there. Okay, no no stocks? All right. Well, obviously, I want to thank all you guys for attending. Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. No, uh, no show next week, and then I guess we'll kick it off the following week everybody have a great uh christmas those who celebrate everybody enjoy your holidays and i'll see you uh i guess next year everybody else everybody here and uh go to webinar i'll see you tomorrow okay john one 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 aaoi this is one i like and i've been watching a lot this has been in my momentum list forever uh it doesn't really have too many bad memories and it's finally begun to pull back i would keep this on your watch list this is in my momentum list it's been again it's been there forever uh, John, good eye. I think it needs a little bit deeper pullback. I'd like to see it pull back to about, I'd like to see it approach 18. I don't want to see it pull back too far, though, because obviously you don't want to cover back to the prior base, but that looks pretty good, too. Okay, any more, real quick? Again, thank everybody, and may the trend be with you. Thank you so much. You're welcome.